the blast from our past network. Hot right? Hot right? Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No soup for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. I'm your co-host, Corey. I threw you through a loop, buddy. I didn't talk about us being super fans and us watching every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back. But we are doing that. Today is Season 9, Episode 15, The Wizard. Not the, first the Wiz. I'm the Wiz. No, it has nothing to do with The Wiz, which I think we actually... Uh, mistakenly thought that was what this was going to be about <laughs> yeah. when we talked yeah. um, at the end of season eight. Yeah. But, you know, it has its own merits, I will say, this episode. It first aired February 26, 1998. Corey, my man, could you please give us the synopsis? Yeah, The Wizard. Jerry buys his father an electronic organizer. <laughs> that dates the, <laughs> the time that this was. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, everything can be done on your iPhone now, uh, or Android. I was like, I'm an Android man. Yeah, okay, I know. Our all our texts are green. Uh, <laughs> Elaine thinks her boyfriend is black. I don't think we should be talking about this. Uh, <laughs> no way. Kramer retires to Florida, and Morty convinces him to run for condo board president. George lies to Susan's parents about leasing a house in the Hamptons. All right, those are our main storylines. Let's learn a bit more about them as we go through our scene-by-scene breakdown. We're going to start off, George and Jerry are at Monk's, and we find out that Jerry got his father a wizard. It is an electronic organizer, all this kind of stuff. He sets up this this stuff about, you know, getting this present for his father. But really, that Morty doesn't care about that. He cares about getting a deal. So he's going to tell his dad, oh, it didn't cost 200 it cost $50. And this is not the first time we've seen an organizer. I'm waiting for, uh, you know, a Russian man in the back of a limousine to throw this thing out the window. Oh, that is right. He kept beeping. Wow, that is a old call- callback. I know, but you mentioned um, the episode uh, with the with George dating someone that looks like Jerry and how they're going back yeah. to the well for, yeah. for the gay jokes there. Here, they don't go back to the well too much, but you got to wonder... I mean, if you're going back to like an organizer being the, the you know, an electronic organizer being the central pinpoint to an episode, that's you're again going back to a similar well. And it's just like and we talked about it last episode, like if this went into season 10, like how much more retreads hmm. would, would we have gotten at that point? You know, and yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a small thing and not a lot's in common, but still there is a there is a double dipping back in the well here. Yeah, it does make me think. Huh. War. What is it good for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, okay, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so Morty really cares about, you know, yeah, getting, like, the sweet deal. And so that's that's really where Jerry's going to try to emphasize for this um, thing, this gift that he's going to get his father for his birthday. George uh, got a message from the Rosses. You know, he hasn't heard from them in a while. He probably hasn't talked to them since the funeral. As he says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, But um, he's pretty sure that they blame him for her death. And Jerry's like, oh, why? Because, uh, yeah, you purchased (laughs) the the, uh, envelopes. Toxic envelopes. (laughs) Exactly. That killed her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 
And then Elaine comes in with her current boyfriend, Daryl. Played by Samuel Bliss Cooper. He does not have an IMDb picture and only has like uh, four credits. One of which is an episode of Buffy, which is awesome. But other than that, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. And he looked like a college student. Did yeah. he not? Yeah, no, no. She was, <laughs> you know what? Good for her, man. She, But she was getting that young good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was. So anyway. Uh, he leaves and we talk about the still no putty situation that she is called putty, but his answering answering machine must not be working or something. So like they're establishing that the audience recognizes and knows that she's with putty, but she is still off dating with other people. Because as we speculated before, the best the writers can do is come up with a storyline that involves her dating. I guess, I mean, they gave her a storyline uh, two episodes ago of her with the, the Ziggy comment and everything. But she was, yeah. I think she was technically with Putty that episode because she makes a I reference guess, yeah. to Putty's, um, you know, yes. sheets and everything being Ziggy sheets. But now this is a second storyline for her that is all about her being, trying to date because I just feel like they can't come up with something better. Or we don't know why Putty's not here Maybe Patrick Warburton, you know, only had a contract and uh, we could do a couple episodes or whatever. But, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like you could have came up with another, two other plot lines to give her besides her trying to date or something, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. So, uh, but, you know, after Daryl leaves, Jerry talks about him thinking that he's black. And George's like, well, I, I thought he was Irish. And there's all this confusion. And, you know... I really, really love this storyline. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, no, I I do, too. And because it goes to the thing of like, you know, comedy, um, you know, should be. And even Rowan Atkins had had an article that just came out like a couple weeks ago, whereas like you comedy should anything should be in the crosshairs for comedy. Mm -hmm. A true free society allows comedy to make fun of literally anything. And and Rowan Atkins plays Mr. Bean. Um, and so, you know, he believes the same thing you do, Adam, which yes. is anything should be up for comedic attack. And I agree with you and I do very much like this, but I also think it was very wise for them to put in there with George keep saying, should we be talking about this? You know, essentially. And, and they all kind of cue in on that. And I do like that because that's the like that white guilt and everything in there. I was going to mention white mention white guilt as well because their waitress comes up and she's black and they just end up kind of throwing money at her. Yeah. In like and a, I do like how she smiles. She's like, oh, thank you. But they're like, exactly. but they felt guilty because they're talking about race yeah. stuff and everything. But yeah. but the thing is like white guilt and I, and they're, I think they're poking fun at white guilt as well. And I think that's great. I yeah. think it's all, all of this is funny. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. All right. Uh, George calls the Rosses who mentioned that the Susan Ross Foundation is having an event but uh, he can't make it because you know what he says? He has to go up to his place in the Hamptons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, since, in, in, since the last time mm -hmm. we've seen the Rosses, I have seen Grace Zabriskie in uh, multiple like things uh, since the last time we've had you know discussion. Oh, She's you the mom. and I. 
Yes. Yeah, since you and I have sort of had the discussion on air about the Rosses. But I was watching uh, Galaxy of Terror, a 1981 Roger Corman, uh, you know, trash, you know, flick Yeah, it's Roger everything. Corman. It's fucking yeah, trash. Yeah, it's trash, but it's great. It's it's awesome. She's in it. She plays this, like, uh, spaceship captain. She's pretty awesome in that. And then just recently, in that newest video game called The Quarry, which is like a horror video game where they have, like, real actors in it and shit, like Ted Raimi's in it and whatnot. Um, she plays, she does a voice in it. So she's... She's still working to this day. Nice. Good for her. And also good for Kramer. Apparently, we find out that his coffee table book has been optioned for a movie. And he is getting uh, plenty of money. We don't find out how much, but it's enough for him to retire. He's going to retire from what exactly? I don't know. And I do like how they're like, how do you get How do they option like a a book about coffee tables. And he's like, remember that book about laser guns or whatever? The famous one, laser gun toys, independence day. It's like, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't look it up, but I feel like that was some sort of zeitgeist discuss. Like there was probably a, a book about, you know, toy laser guns at some point. And they, you know what I mean? I feel like this was a zeitgeist thing, but I, I didn't look it up. I can't Maybe. confirm it. You know? Uh, I mean, to me, it was obvious that, Independence Day was definitely based on War of the Worlds, I think it was. Yeah, more so. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, War of the Worlds. So, but still, either or, yeah, sure. sure. They've been some, some ridiculous stuff. Hell, they have made movies about some insane properties. Well, and you know as well as I do, they're just optioning it. Doesn't mean it's yes. going to get ma- made or whatever. Yes. And, and also... Screenwriters will tell you the worst thing that can happen to you as a screenwriter is that your movie gets made because a lot of screenwriters live off of just their script being optioned every year because you have to re studios have to re option it. Um, I think whatever the contract is, usually it's about every year. So the writer has like a treatment or a script that floats around Hollywood. Somebody likes it. They option it. So that way that studio can just sort of sit on it if they want to have the option to make Mm -hmm. it. But then after a year, they have to recontract it or they get to shop it around again. So you have this like, so writers, the joke is, is that once you, your movie actually gets turned into a movie, then you a you have to write something new in order to get mm-hmm. optioned around and everything, but it's kind of like a sweet deal to just live off of that option thing, you know? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, goddamn, that'd be great, right? We should do Let's, that. I yeah, we should something. write a treatment, man. We can like, I, you know. I mean, fuck it. Somebody can option our podcast. You know what? You could write a write yeah. a movie based <laughs> yeah. on our podcast, Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast. I think you know what? I think that makes sense. I think it does. Dude. Just <laughs> as much as uh, someone optioning his his coffee table book. Yes. All right, uh, Elaine goes to Daryl's apartment, and she hears all this hip-hop playing. Okay, so yeah, you know what? Okay, she she kind of thinks he's black, but it's his neighbors. And overall, I love this back and forth. You know, is he black? Is he not black? Yo, 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 turn it down. <laughs> yeah, I know, because he, he nailed those yo, yo, yo's, like, you know. <laughs> exactly. And then oh, it's African art. Oh, wait, but it's South African art because, uh, you know, uh, we know white people are in South Africa. But granted, white South Africans are came from the Dutch and, like, the Brits and whatnot. Yeah. They, they're they not from – they wouldn't make art like that. But anyway, still, it's funny because South Africa, we think white. Um, Africa, we think black. And so it's like it, – it, it, it's this back and forth, and I think it is hilarious. I do, too. I actually – I really, really do, too. I mean, there was just tons of these little jokes. He talks about, oh, we had to get out of South, South Africa, you know, for obvious reasons, which we would think apartheid. Yeah. And she's like, 
maybe I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, all right. Then we get a cameo because George stops by FDR's yeah. hot dog cart. He's uncredited, though, but it's him. It's yeah. FDR. Yeah. He looks yes. like he got a fresh haircut, too. Yeah, Mike McShane. He didn't really look at all like he did before. And he wasn't as harsh and angry no. as we'd last seen him. I wish I wish it would have a little bit been, been a bit of a bigger cameo, or he would have been, I don't know, just overall a little bit a little bit harsher to George or something. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's nice to see him. Um, but ultimately, the, the Rosses see that George is still in town. They see that he is out there, you know, getting a hot dog. And, of course, and he doesn't even buy a hot dog. He just talks to FDR. Oh. FDR is like, are you going to buy a hot dog? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to buy one. Yeah. So, whatever. All right. Uh, Jerry is at his parents' place. Apparently, he didn't like, – this was kind of – this was kind of strange – he didn't just buy the wizard for his father as a birthday present. He was going down to Florida, which I don't think was really mentioned. No, no, but I got no problem it's with fine. it. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's, it's fine. fine. And it's, I like how it's, it's dark outside because it's 5 a.m., by the way. Did you notice that? Like, no, I didn't notice that it was dark. Yeah, because like it's it, because he's just waking up. You, you'll get into it in a second. But the funny thing is, in this scene right here, like where there's windows and everything, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely yes, yes, like yes. pitch black outside, too. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so he's down at his parents' place. Yes, he wakes up at, like, 5 a.m. because his parents are, like, wide awake, like, running the blender and all this kind of shit. <laughs> she was like, we let you sleep in. And, of course, it's a great it's a great callback to the episode with the, the pull-out, you know, bed and everything. Uh, long- the pen. Yeah, the season pen. Season three, it- which... Oh, uh, sorry. I, I didn't mean. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. Just a great. It's just a great callback. Him being woken up and looking all tired. It's just that's yes. fantastic. Now, my semi issue here is that this set looked exactly like the set in the pen coming out of the pullout couch, mm. and then Elaine kind of coming out of the pullout couch. All that kind of stuff. That season three. This is when they were in their previous fucking apartment complex or like that senior yeah. complex they eventually then went to del boca vista then they apparently went to a trailer and then came back yeah. to del boca vista so it's like all of this seemed like why this looks exactly the same as i've seen before but it certainly shouldn't yeah it, it shouldn't but i would just say probably all of those places probably are designed to look exactly <laughs> the same i wouldn't be surprised okay. All right, fair enough. So, but hey, we get Jer- to see Helen and Morty, and I couldn't be happier. We do I love seeing them. Uh, Jerry gives his dad the birthday present of the wizard, and you know he loves the present, but he really loves the idea that Jerry got a deal. Oh, you think it's hot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, I think it's like stolen. So it's great. So. You know, he can do email, fax, a daily planner, whatever, and a calculator. And Morty focuses on the calculator for tips. It's a tip calculator for him. I can figure out the tips. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Just buy a fucking calculator. Like one of those big-ass calculators. (laughs) Or just buy a smartphone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays, sure. Yeah. So then in comes Kramer. What the fuck? He retired just as he said to Jerry that he was going to do. He moved down there. He moved next door because apparently the person died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But Jerry mentions, like, you know, this is not a place to move down to. This is a place that people come to die. die. <laughs> and then his parents look at him. He's like, not you. People much older than you. But that was that was funny. And that was great. Uh, so where does this land for you with Kramer as part of, as like far as like one of his zany things sort of goes? So I honestly think this kind of fits with Kramer. I don't think it is. It's zany. Yes, it's zany. But it's not stupid. Like, he, if he's got a shit ton of money, I feel like this is a wacky thing he might do. He doesn't seem like an idiot because of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, we compared to pre yeah, last episode yeah. with hiding the key and all that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, This is the level of zany that I enjoy. Yes. Um, I don't think this is, like, jumping the shark or anything like that. I think it's fine. Especially since we also know that he has the money now to do it. If we didn't yeah. know about the him them him selling the rights to the book or whatever then him just doing it like on his own then I have a problem they set up that he's got the money mm -hmm. he thinks outside the box he's so zany and weird I'm fine with that you know yep exactly this is the right level of Kramer my only sure. thing I just wish there was one bit of dialogue this whole episode where George or Jerry's like what are you doing with your apartment when you're not there and I wish he was like oh Newman's gonna sublet it to like one of his friends or something because he doesn't oh. mention what he's gonna do with it and clearly this is a a plot for him to yeah. stay there for a long time. So what would he do with his apartment back in, in um, New York? That is valid. I didn't think about that at all. Okay. Yeah. Just say, all just right. say Newman's doing something with it. He's storing some mail. Sure. He's storing mail. And yeah, in I like apartment. that. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody. I'm Tim and I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey -o. And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs> we then get a montage of Kramer slaying it on the tennis table, or the table tennis table, <laughs> and uh, dancing and, with these ladies. And slaying it on the dance floor, too, because clearly he <laughs> either kills or sends one to the uh, the emergency room. Yep. <laughs> that, uh, I, was like, I was like, I love a mont montage that ends in death. <laughs> and, and that, I thought, was incredibly funny and, and particularly funny because it's like, oh, it's just like this uppity, fun, like, um, you know, very happy music. Kramer's just doing a great job. And then he's dancing with all these ladies. You can kind of tell the guys are pissed because he has all this energy. And then it ends abruptly with a, a <laughs> yeah. ambulance. Oh, fuck. He killed someone. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, I like that. All right. Uh, Elaine talks to George at Monk's about the whole Daryl situation. And he suggests, oh, why don't you just ask him? But she doesn't want to do that. You know, she, 
it makes her uncomfortable. And ultimately, George is also uncomfortable about talking about this whole thing. Should we be talking about this? <laughs> yeah. Which I think is honestly, this little George being uncomfortable is kind of genius. Because yeah. race relations and particularly asking what is your race, all this kind of stuff is uncomfortable. I would say not, it's not uncomfortable. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird place to put it. It's not uncomfortable, but like it shouldn't matter. And so like, that's what makes it uncomfortable. And so like they figured that out in the fucking late nineties. And like nowadays, you know, who cares if what mixed races you are and all this kind of stuff, but like people still care and they want to know but does it matter? No. And so, like, that's what makes the uncomfortable factor funny. Yeah. And what George is saying is clearly, like, representation of us, the audience yeah. watching it, wondering it, too. The the George thing, it works. It works on multiple yes. levels. It's necessary, but it's also funny. It's also very, very funny. I I got no beef with this storyline. But if, if somebody does, I would actually like to hear it, you know, like the other side of that coin. Um, but for yep. me, again, we're for you two, two white males, now, you know, I have no problem yes. with this storyline. But I would be curious if someone else did. I was going to say, I was curious, if anybody does have an issue with it, would it be someone who has dealt with this problem? Right. We exactly. have not. We are obviously yeah. fucking pa- whitey, pa- Painfully white white guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shop at the Gap all the time. Yeah, yeah. so we're just two white people, huh? <laughs> we'll get to that. Love that line, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Got it in so great. But yeah, I, I mean, because we've never dealt with it, maybe we find it more funny than yep. it really is. Yep, exactly. So. All right. Um, all right, the Rosses then come into Monk's. Uh, George happens to be in the bathroom. What? But why? Why are the Rosses <laughs> eating at Monk's? That is a good question. Why would they have come to this restaurant, this diner, this kind of shitty diner that has rubber bands in the soup? Um, why would this have been a place that they come to? They're nowhere close to this. No, no, no. So, yeah, that that is a bit of random happenstance. Okay. And um, anyway, they bring up to Elaine because they see her. Oh, yeah, yeah. The George, they saw him, but he was supposed to be in the Hamptons. And she... Cackles. <laughs> Hamptons? George? No way George Costanza has a place in the Hamptons. I love it. And I love later when she tells George what she oh. said and that she laughed at it. <laughs> exactly like that is that is my Elaine. Yep. Yep. I sure. love it. Yeah, I do. So, all right. Uh, so, yeah, she leaves. George comes out and sees them. And he ends up keeping up this charade, if you will, of the Hamptons. And then he ends up leaving. So we cut to Florida. Morty, he's going to use the tip calculator. And, you know, he's just, he's excited. He can't get it open. But when Jerry does, Helen goes, yay, Jerry got it open. (laughs) I wrote that down too. I I love Helen being excited about that. Makes me happy. I love it. Dude, for some reason, I did feel feel like this was a relatable thing because like and i don't think like parents but i feel like his parents kind of relate to me as grandparents yeah yeah as an extent yeah and like grandparents 
they they absolutely treat like the grandkids and like the kids like oh every little thing they do is amazing and helen has done this before with jerry yeah, yeah because and we've so, gotten how could anyone not like you yeah you're so exactly. likable so so this completely falls in line with helen uh, uh for me to be and, which is it's also interesting yeah. because we're also seeing helen and morty in a more comfortable setting for them which is their home mm -hmm. versus coming up to visit jerry yeah. so i think we get a bit more of a lighter helen and morty in this episode yeah, it just it. I thought that was funny. Her, her getting her. so excited about opening the goddamn tip calculator. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, she would do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we find out that Morty cannot run for condo president because he was impeached at the last place, which he he resigned. He, he wasn't he impeached. Says, yes, exactly. He resigned. Uh, Kramer comes in. And Kramer is just like the man right now. He has got all the charisma. Everybody loves him. Morty sees this. Well, Morty he... stands up and kind of like looks at him. And I love how Kramer yeah. taps on his glasses. He goes, <laughs> what are you looking at? But I, I, Morty didn't even like flinch. It's a it's a cute moment. And you know they had to like discuss cute. it beforehand, obviously. Yeah. Because he doesn't even like blink when he taps on his glasses. But I love it. I love it. It is good. And Morty wants to set him up as the next condo president. Kind of... um. As we find out, it's a puppet regime, basically. <laughs> yep. Yep. Love it. So, All right. Elaine gives Daryl a wizard. And she ultimately really only does this because she wants to put in the warranty info. And she's trying to obviously get out his race. Um, you know, she's putting in all this other info. No, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, yada, yada. Let's get to the race. And then he says, Asian. Huh? Oh, just to mess with them, because it doesn't matter. So she kind of shot herself in the foot with that. If this was closer to um, this, uh, the turn of this, you know, 10 years, every decade, there's, we do the census. This was 98, yeah. though, so it's two years prior. But if they did the millennium, you could have been like, hey, I have a practice census question here uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're gonna, let's go through the practice census, e even though it's not for another two years. Let's do a practice run here. Like, I would have mm -hmm. bought that over a warranty, to be honest with you. Yeah, fair, fair. So, um, but she does find out, and I don't know if this is a joke or not, that he makes over $100,000. And she's like, oh, nice to know. I wish that would have come back. Yeah, yeah. Or I wish it was like, it was. It would have meant something. It really doesn't mean anything. Nah. It just kind of like adds a little extra appeal to him because money. Yeah, and, and Elaine, of course, was like, oh. And he's like, does that matter? And she's like, no, no, not, not, no. But it does, yeah. you know, like it, it does, clearly. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course it does. I mean, I could be a complete fuggo, but if I made a shit ton of money, I'd, I would get hotties. That's, that's, you either have to make a shit ton of money or you'd be in a band. Because if you're in a band, you get as many hotties as you want, no matter what you look like. Just look Fuck. at Mick Mars in The Motley Crue. Who the hell? Right, he was Mick, up. Look up Mick Mars in Motley Crue. He was the ugly bassist. And I guarantee you, he still got a shit ton of hotties. Oh yeah, he is not an attractive man. But when you're in a, you know, when you're uh, in a in a rock and roll Jesus band, Christ. it doesn't matter, my man. He looks like a fucking scarecrow. Yeah, like in a. Well, you're probably looking like, now, but even back in the yeah. 80s, Mick Mars was not uh, very much of an attractive man. But he was a hell of a bassist, though. Yeah, I see some of the younger shots, and he's still not attractive. Still grotesque. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's like it's a uh, Vesna from fucking uh, Stranger Things. Like, <laughs> yeah, God. no, he's he's not an attractive man. But if you're in a band, and a successful band, or strange, that's a Star Wars, that's a Stranger, Stranger Things, Things. I know. Yeah, even though I haven't seen it, I still know what Vesna is or whatever. 
because you know yeah. social media can't stop can't stop it can't stop won't stop can't or stop. vecna i said visna vecna I whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's a it's you know some kind of crazy dungeon dungeon dragon, dragon thing, thing but, yeah and he looks like a creepy ass dungeons and dragons like, like he looks monster. like a human vecna <laughs> he does look like a human vecna that's that's gross so all right anyway jerry and elaine talk on the phone uh, you know, says she really hasn't figured out Daryl's race. And so to, to try and like, you know, uh, not not assuage the situation, but to like, you know, just because she can't figure out where to take him. She goes to a lot of Spanish restaurants right now uh, to be safe about that. I like that this is going to come back. It does. Lie. It does. And, um, you know, Jerry talks about Kramer's whole puppet regime and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, then in comes George, and he's all upset. And I love how Jerry is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, calm down right now. Um, he's upset because Elaine was asked to get his mail, to get Jerry's mail, as opposed to George. And so to comfort him, he makes up this bullshit storyline for George that he has to exercise the gaskets in his toilets. flushing them multiple times. So there's no more to this like this idea yeah. that that George wants something to do while Jerry's away I wanted more of an exclamation like I get it but like I, I want, liked it I, and I it like funny. it but I, yeah. just, I don't know it just it's, it seemed like a big thing to kind of put out there mm. and then nothing from it you know yeah yeah you know what I didn't think about that but I wholeheartedly agree it was this big thing that they dropped and then it kind of doesn't go anywhere else but it, it could have done something because you know george yeah exactly they made a whole this is kind of almost rehashing the whole who gets your key right yeah you know, like yeah. who has the spare key it's, kind of thing yeah george is like sort of vying for pole position in the friendship group yeah. with elaine or something you know but there's nothing else yeah. to it like this is it you know this is all like this scene is all there is it is. I, I find it funny, and yeah. I think it makes sense because yeah. George totally feels like he should be the number one friend. But it um, feels like there's a scene deleted. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. So anyway, so yeah, um, we find out George, you know, is upset that he, that the Rosses, he talks to Elaine about the whole Hampton stuff, and she drops just awesome confidence. <laughs> like, I told them. You didn't have a place in the Hampton. <laughs> and she's like, and then I laughed like this. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, damn, damn. She just throws it in his face. Yeah. And he's, this this is my Elaine. This is the one that I'm just like, she is at the fuck you level. She's above George and she knows it. And she can just fucking throw it in his face. And I think it's great. Well, and also, too, at this point in her life, just the amount of times that we've seen her with them, but you have to have to figure they have more history together, you know, all mm. of them together. I think Elaine at this point wants to get on with a different part of her life now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think she's at the she, end of the bachelorette era of her life right now. Yeah, she probably just should have gone to the Bizarro Jerry and his group, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, all right, but yeah, George now is upset because. Obviously, the Rosses knew that he was lying, and he's upset at them because they lied to him because they didn't go along with his lie to them, that kind of <laughs> thing, or because they did and whatnot. They didn't call him out. They didn't call him out for his lie to them. So I do love Elaine's line, though. Haven't you done enough to these people? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
He is not. So, all right. But I love that the Ross is fucking pushback. Like, oh, yeah. I no, I, I like how it there's some parts of this storyline that I'm like, okay, but then the payoff, I think the payoff for this one is, is good. Yep. All right. Uh, Kramer campaigns for condo president. We get a whole montage of him kissing babies and then kissing you know, an old man, kissing old people, <laughs> tickling and, an old man. It's funny. Yeah, I like exactly. It. And I like newspaper it. headlines of the Boca breeze and all this kind of shit. Did, he's doing well. Did you see? So it, the Boca breeze, they kind of have headlines that pertain to what he's doing, but then the mm-hmm. last headline has nothing to do with it. And it says vacancy in building four. But then did you also see in the other uh, tagline in the lower right of it? It says Larry David never to play golf again. No, I never. I did not I, see that. I had to rewind it and then pause it. It's fast, but yeah, it's on the the last one that has nothing to do with Kramer, and you'll see. Oh, it. that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I wouldn't so. be surprised if it got cut out on your TV on Netflix. Ah, possible because it's in like the far lower right hand corner of the the okay the paper. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. So, all right, at Monks, um, coffee. You know. Oh, do you? Are you black? As no one says that. They say, oh, do you like it black and that kind of stuff? Whatever. It's, it's used for more humor of is he black or is he white? Yeah. So the, the waitress asks that, you know, and, and that way that waitress is played by Constance Zimmer, uh, who's has a huge career. But I know her uh, personally as Rosalind Price on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think was like season oh. three or something like that. Um, but, yeah, she's a she's a big actress now. Yeah, I, I've seen quite a bit of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., honestly. Uh, okay, and I probably, you know what, I will need to look up some um, pictures of her. And she, yeah, she's been like, you know, small reoccurring characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Newsroom, um, Entourage, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit of shows, yeah. Boston Legal. Yeah, she's been in Jan- Joan of Arcadia. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Good for her. Did you ever finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Did I never finished it. No, I'm. I still like haven't watched the last like two or three seasons. Probably you probably saw her. She she was playing like a congresswoman yeah. or something. But then I think Colson or whatever was having dinner with her at her t- at, at her at her apartment or something, and she gets sniped through the window and like in the throat and kind of like you know dies or whatever. But I, I think that was like only like season three or something. I think it was pretty yeah. early on. I definitely watched it at least like four or five seasons, so I'm sure I saw her. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so big. Okay. That's a big character or big actor right there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, she asks. Yeah, black. Of course, it's a coffee thing, is what she's asking. But of course, yes. it's a yeah. It's all playing on the whole. It's a, thing, it's a play. You know? Yeah, exactly. Play on on the, this whole storyline. Um, but yeah, it's good. Uh, but then he sees some people leaving in a huff, and he's like, you know what? God damn. These people, they can't handle interracial couples. Some people so, in twenty twenty two can't handle interracial couples. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk more about that because, God damn it, that's probably fuck. <laughs> that's that's the one thing that well, not the one thing, but that's a big thing. That's a big concern yeah. Meyer and I have moving yeah. forward in this country. You damn interracial couple, you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I love you. I love interracial couples. I, I know. Stuff, you, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. I you know I mess up. I make fun of you. All right. Anyway. Um, so Elaine though is now certain that he is black because obviously why else would he make a comment like that unless he was black? Oh, 
Oh, man. The payoff for this is so good. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, George is going to take the Rosses to the Hamptons, and they don't back down. And I love that they don't back down. Why would they back down? Why would they, they have nothing better to do? They're rich and they have nothing better to do. Why would they back down? Come on. You want to go nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. And he's the thing is, George's stubbornness makes him not want to back down. But like they literally have nothing better to do than to fuck with him. Was that a Tim Burton Batman reference? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And then that's when he hits. Probably. Yeah. And then Joker shoots him. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, why else would you say you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like, yes, it's got to be right. You got to be got to be. Even though it's 10 so. years prior. But, I mean, yeah. that movie was so big. People were Huge. still in love with it into the late 90s. Well, oh, still, still probably one of my favorite uh, superhero movies of all time. It's still probably one of my – it's my second favorite Batman movie. Uh, Batman yeah. Begins is my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would say it's, it's probably in my top three for – probably my second favorite Batman movie. I'd probably put Dark Knight above. But Dark Knight is not flawless. A lot no. of people love it. That movie needs, like – 20 minutes cut out of that film it's too long what did you think of the batman i liked it a lot but i would probably put it as my number four three or four that yeah that's where yeah it landed in that area for me too so yeah Yeah. i think you and i have similar tastes on our on our batman yeah (laughs) we we love our batman not that there's anything wrong with that (laughs) there's anything wrong with that (laughs) hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Uh, In Florida, tomorrow is the election. Uh, Jerry keeps trying to push this planner and all this kind of stuff that that the uh, his tip calculator can do, but Morty's not paying attention. Um, we find out the Boca Breeze has a scandalous story about Kramer not wearing sandals in the clubhouse. Oh my gosh! And, and which shouldn't be an issue. The only person that she have a problem for is Kramer, who might get a foot fungus. But like, I feel like it's your own, you know, it's your own. Um, worries if you're the one who does that yeah yeah but but jerry does make a good point that these people like basically spent their entire lives saving up to get here and now all they have all they really do is try to enforce (laughs) these stupid laws i feel it is a wonderful commentary 
on old people. Yeah. But they literally they get older <coughs> boomers and <laughs> they have nothing better to do in their lives but force their own rules upon other people and it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there should definitely be an age limit on on politics, on politicians. Yeah. Oh god, yes. Fuck yes. We we need I mean 35 for the president. We need to probably and I will throw it out there, probably 75 is the max yeah. you can fucking be as a president. Yeah. Agreed. Like we keep having these older goddamn people and they should not be there. No. They're guess what? The mind slips. It really it just does. That's fucking evolution. Yep. That is the human body. We need to have a fucking max for our presidents, without question. I am all for that. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. All right. We're talking hot fucking takes here. Uh, guys um, and gals, I mean, we, we never try to be this political, but when we're recording this is just at a very rough time for all of us. So mm-hmm. we'll try to rein it in a little bit, but it's it's percolating, man. It's percolating. What can you do, you know? <laughs> it's percolating. So, All right. Kramer, though, to try and fix this situation. He wants to give wizards out for all the people on the condo board. And luckily, Jerry has a deal. But we know he doesn't have a real fucking deal for these wizards. Now, granted, they say there are 20 people on the condo board. And even with $50 a pop, that's what what was that? $400 or whatever that is. Sure. (laughs) Hold on. I got oh, it. Oh my it tw- god! Twenty times, twenty times, twenty. Twenty times fifty. A thousand. Thousand. Thousand bucks. Yeah. Holy shit! My math is well. That's a thousand dollars, Jerry. They're telling Jerry to spend for these fucking wizards. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety-eight thousand dollars too. So it's not today's a thousand dollars. That's expensive, man. That's fucking no, that's hella expensive. Ex- but yeah. good thing is, Kramer might have a, a line on some cheap ones. Yes, yeah, Jerry doesn't have a line on real ones, but Kramer knows Bob Sacamano's father <laughs> is around, and he can get them. Uh, he can get, you know, something like them for him. Yay, we finally got a Bob Sacamano reference. Yeah, been a hot minute. It has. We've got a lot of Lomax references, but not uh, not a lot of Bob Sacamano. Yep. All right, George talks about his uh, place on the drive, about his, you know, house that it has one solarium it's actually got two solariums which are sunrooms yep oh um, i know i know got... my my wife myra has a plant fetish and her desire is to have a solarium in our house oh, whenever we buy one so yes i know what a solarium is my man <laughs> i do not give a fuck about plants like she loves i them. just i never like i am totally fine with fake plants because guess what i don't have to worry about them they still look nice now they don't have the nice smell they don't like you know pull out you know a lot of the carbon dioxide and other shit but like then i don't have to worry about them because i guess what i never fucking water plants i don't give a fuck about that i don't worry about any of our plants but she has to take care of them because they're hers i have my blu-rays that i collect she has her plants that she collects i'm just happy that she lets me put my action figures in in the plants and everything I, i got a uh I got like a Black Series uh, Ca- Commander Cody, you know, from uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know. Yes. But the Black Series figures are like, they're pretty big. They're like six inches. So I put him in like one of those uh, plant thingy, you know, how he's kind of in there and everything. I'm like, look, it's like Felucia, you know, from, from Revenge yeah. of the Sith. It looks hey, like an alien hey. planet. I love it, you know. Cody, Cody continues into the Clone Wars I'm, cartoon as well. I so love Cody, yeah. man. Fucking Cody rules. Yes. He was my favorite clone uh, commander. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. 
All right. Anyway, um, we also find out that, you know, George has some horses. Snoopy and Prickly Pete. Prickly Pete. I have a, um, from Disneyland, I have a Boba Fett figure, or Prickly Pete as uh, Boba Fett, I should say, you know, so. No, or is that Bad Pete? That's Bad Pete. Is Prickly Pete and Bad Pete two different people? That's. I've never heard. What What is a Bad Pete? You look up Bad Pete, I'll look up Prickly Pete. Oh, Bad Pete is just um, Pete. Uh, yeah, I didn't know his name was Bad Pete. I just, I just you, know him as Pete. You know what's funny? I didn't know it was named Bad Pete either until I bought the Boba Fett action figure, and it says Bad Pete as Boba Fett. Now, Prickly Pete, Pete yeah, Pete. For so people know, Pete is like a, a goofy. He was the uh, to me. I've seen him most in Goofy movie. He is like Goofy's kind of asshole buddy, but also like a villain in the quote unquote you know kind of Disney world. Holy shit. What? I think Prickly Pete is made up for for, for Seinfeld. Seinfeld. It doesn't Yeah. Yeah, it's so so Snoopy's not. I guarantee you, you know it's funny cuz there's no internet back then. I guarantee you they were probably try, thinking they were referencing like Bad Pete, but they went with Pick, Prickly Pete instead because Snoopy's a cartoon. They reference a cartoon there. I think they mm. kind of just messed up, but there is no Prickly Pete. That's funny. Well, according to Urban Dictionary, a prickly peat is, um, while providing oral pleasure to the genitals, one partner with facial hair brushes it against the vagina, anus, or testicles of another partner, thereby performing a prickly peat, yeah. or allowing himself to be deemed prickly peat. <laughs> You know, because when you're going yeah. down, oh, no, I, I get it. Hair. Ooh, I'm going to, oh, Myra, I'm going to give you the prickly Pete. Oh, enjoy that. So I guess you and I both have facial hairs. So I guess we are both prickly Pete. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. So George uh, is keep going on. You know, they keep pushing. They, they, they don't fucking back down. He doesn't back down. Guess we're going to take it up a notch. <laughs> I like Time all those. Oh, I love it. So, all right, Elaine talks, or Elaine is at Monk's, talks to a the black waitress that calls her sister. You know, it's like, oh, it's okay. I've got a black boyfriend it's who comes in. Still not okay, <laughs> but okay. I mean, I mean, no, but I think it's funny that yeah, she thinks it's okay. She thinks it, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, um, what? I'm not black. And she's like, what? All this back and forth. He's like, I thought you were Hispanic. <laughs> Your last name is Benes. And you kept going to these Hispanic restaurants. And I love that they tied, they found a way to bring in her last name, Benes, that we barely kind of talk about. But it does sound Hispanic. And I like this because I think we can extrapolate that Daryl has had the same conversations with his friend about Elaine and about yes. like, hey, I'm dating a Latin lady and everything. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think it's, I, I love it. I love it. And then it gets, it gets even better. By the end of this conversation, they realize oh, we're just both just a couple of white people. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. And then Elaine's like, do you want to go to the Gap? Sure. Yeah, he got so excited. Yo, which, got so excited. Dude, the Gap is such a white place. I, I yeah. think it is so that fucking lands for me, man. Oh, all of this lands, man. I think I think it's fan fucking tastic. So we're just a couple of white people. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Fucking love it. Because they, I mean, they liked that they were in interracial relationships. They both did. I, I think this works, again, because yeah. Daryl thought that he was 
as uh-huh. well, you know, because it, it's both sides of the coin. It's it's all inclusive. The racism is all inclusive. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Kramer gets back from handing out the wizards, but we find out they're not wizards. They're willards. Willards. They're, That's what it they're is. these <laughs> knockoffs. And one person even says, I'm ruined. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about that one, Corey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, guys and gals. Pay attention to this episode. The guy in the background behind them who says, I'm ruined. Uh, That gentleman's name is Murray Rubin. He is my brother-in-law's grandfather. Um, So if you've seen Ghostbusters, which I assume a lot of you have, uh, he is the gentleman that comes up to them when when they're at the Sedgwick and the first time they put on the suits and everything for the Slimer bust and they're about to go in the elevator. Uh, he's the guy there with the trench coat and the cigar and he says, were you supposed to be some kind of cosmonaut? And Ray's like, yeah, there's a cockroach up on 13, yada, yada, yada. That was, so that's him. That's Murray Rubin. Um, the funny thing is when I was a kid, obviously you all know Ghostbusters, one of my favorite shows of movies of all time. That scene is my favorite scene in the movie. And I just, I kind of, even as a kid, I liked the way he delivered that line. Fast forward to meeting my, you know, now wife and everything. I had no clue. So she grew up with him because my, you know, her sister and her brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, they dated for like 25 years. They've been together forever. So she called him Grandpa Murray. So Myra grew up with him as Grandpa Murray. He was probably more influential for her than like her own grandparents and everything growing mm-hmm. up. He he treated her like a granddaughter. He loved her. So knowing that he passed away, um, he couldn't be in the wedding. So I, you know, I, in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to include him in it some way, shape or form. So when I proposed to my wife, I did it at the Biltmore in downtown LA, which mm. is, which is where they filmed the Sedgwick. And we were at the elevators where that exact scene happens uh, I kind of planted Myra. I go, here's where Grandpa Murray was standing. I go, I was standing. I was kind of standing where Dan Aykroyd was standing. And I was like, hey, babe, look around. Like, your, your grandpa was here and everything. She's like, oh, wow. As she's spinning around, I go down on one knee, and I propose nice. to her right there. So she's standing on the spot that Murray was standing. Um, so this this man means a lot to her. He means yeah. a lot to me. Weirdly, he meant a lot to me before I even met Myra, and that's the weird part. So talking to my brother-in-law a lot. He's always, my brother-in-law has always mentioned, always he was on an episode of Seinfeld and everything, but Ghostbusters was always my thing. I never knew it was this episode of Seinfeld. So when I saw the IMDb cast, because every time I fire one up, I always look at the cast. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. Murray's there. And he, he his name's even Ruben in it. But he gets like, yeah, no screen time, barely a little. He's that's no. all he says. I'm ruined, he's, you know. He's even in the background. He's in the background like, for this this shot. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's cool that he's there. And I, I took a picture of it and sent it to my brother in law, and he, you know, loved it and everything. So it's cool. And I'm just glad I get to talk about him and everything. That's great. That is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, thanks, man. It's in you know, like I said, he means a lot to to my family or yeah. that side of my family. So it's kind of cool that he mm-hmm. lives on like this, you know. Yes, it is. So. All right, back to Seinfeld. Morty and Kramer, they're finished from this. They they can't rebound from this kind of issue with the Willards. And so Kramer ultimately decided, you know what, he's going to head back to New York anyway. And Morty does say uh, to Jerry, how could you spend $200 on a tip calculator? Because that's how much he spent all this for his fucking thing. And Jerry kind of like humorously says, it does other things <laughs> yeah. because he's been trying to push that to Morty the entire time, which is, yes, like I feel like old people, they, they're not technology 
savvy. Savvy, no. They, they, and they never will. You know, I, I find it funny um, that it, it, this is a meme that I saw recently of, like, old people are, like, you know, they'll, they'll throw out, like, oh, um, all these, like, new younger people – you know, are complaining about stuff, but like they can't, uh, they can't change a carburetor or other shit like that. They can't do some old stuff. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? You can't understand the internet and how like to fucking update your goddamn calendar. And guess what? The world is going to work on the internet in the future. Yeah. That's just how it's going to be. And so it's like, I don't know. Every generation makes fun of the next generation for not being able to do the things that they can do. But like, at the same time, when it comes to it, you can't do the same shit that the next generation can do, and we are moving on as a society. Yeah. So I just over ultimately that's just kind of a, a me. It kind of made me think about that, but I I found it funny that um you know his parents and particularly Morty can't get past that this is a singular tip calculator. Yeah. Form. Ex- yeah. A singular use for for whatever it is. Exactly. So, all right, we then get a tag of George in Long Island, or close to Long Island. Um, They're going to have to go on foot to go find his place after this. But he finally and eventually cracks and admits that it was all a lie. And they're like, yeah, we know. And we did this because... He's like, but why? Why did you do this? And I'm thinking in my head, George, you know why, but okay. And what do they say? Because they don't like him. Yeah. And they blamed him for Susan's death. Yeah, and they've probably been living with that fucking anger. And when any chance they can to fuck him, they will. And George is like, "Oh, okay." And it's one of those things where you're like, "Don't, don't wish for something if you don't want it." Because he wanted them to be like, "Why are they lying to me? Why are they doing all this?" It's like, well, but you also didn't want to hear the truth either, you know. And mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of the episode of of Sunny. It's always Sunny where Mac and Dennis move to the uh, the suburbs. Uh, and it, I know you love. I that know, episode. but it's 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 the vibe of because I hate you, and it's like <laughs> I get it. The Rosses fucking hate George, and this is his yeah. fucking just one percent of his penance, you know. Yes, it is. So. Yeah, now I do like the, like, all right, now time to head back. Mm-hmm. And so now they have to do that in journey, which is going to be in silence the entire way. Yes, it will. <laughs> right. I, uh, right. I kicked off the last one. You kick off this one, buddy. All right. This episode hit me in so many right places. Elaine's storyline, I think, is fucking amazing, Seinfeld. The back and forth. Is he or isn't he black? The jokes about should we be talking about this really tie that in to like kind of make it a little bit of a better thing um, or like a more an acceptable joke, if you will. Yeah, because it was um, the, oh, the voice of the audience, you know. Yes, uh, but I think it's hilarious because like this is a topic that makes people uncomfortable because people want to know like they have to put people in a label. They have to like what race are you, Corey? What the fuck? You know. Oh my god, I I can't tell what you are. You're not like me. What are you? And so people have to know. But you know what? Does it matter? No. But do people care about it? Yes. And so like I think this was fucking hilariously danced around in a perfect way. I would say throwing out there very similar to the not that there's anything wrong with that or drugging the woman to play with her toys. Yeah. Like the idea of are we being racist is a fucking hilarious topic that Seinfeld attacks 
Not many other shows are willing to do that, and I love that. Kramer retiring is silly, but I feel it works for Kramer. This is not over the top. I think this is right at the level of Kramer. I want him. Um, you know, him going down to Florida. It, it, also, it it adds a way for him to stay into, like, you know, the story as a way to keep him going. And I really, I thought it worked well. Um, you know, old people only caring about one thing or caring about these random stuff, I thought was pretty relatable. I thought it worked well. Uh, and George's storyline is funny to me. The Rosses not giving up because they fucking hate this guy and his stubbornness and ultimately his overconfidence that he will beat them falling into his face and he has to admit that he is wrong and he has to go back all that kind of shit I think is fantastic you did uh let me know about a couple things that just weren't perfect on this episode and a couple things that like you know fell a little bit flat so I ended up dropping a half a point for this episode but I really really enjoyed myself I am going to give it 4 out of 5 Solariums. <laughs> yeah, dude, this episode was fantastic. I don't disagree with anything you just said. I'll just add on to, I think one of the things that I think was a waste of time was the whole Elaine getting the, 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 the mail. Whereas George, you know, he was supposed to get the mail, that whole thing. Yes. Felt like it was supposed to be more, but it just didn't go anywhere. And so why dedicate like any screen time to it? That's kind of like really the only problem I had with this, this episode. Um, it's, it's dude, George's shit's hilarious. Fucking Elaine shit is, that's the best storyline right there. Jerry's absolutely amazing. And on top of it, I'll take this storyline with with Jerry and Kramer being down there um, over Jerry having to fly back and forth to Florida to, to with the car, you know, with Compass uh-huh. in the car like eight times. Like, how the fuck did you afford all that? You know what I mean? So here, the only thing that really like kind of brings it down is what we just mentioned. And, you know, like what was Kramer's ultimate goal with like his apartment? Or did he just make so much money yeah. that, on that deal that he it doesn't really matter? And if that's the case, OK, that's fine. So. I'm fine with it. Uh, I landed with you where you are, but I'm going to give it a plus 0.5 because of Murray Rubin, and I, I got to do it. I love that man. Respect to my uh, my my adopted grandfather, and I'm going to give this 4.5 prickly peats out of 5. All right. I, you know what? Props to that. I can totally fill in that. You know, yeah, <laughs> I started 4.5, but yeah. Yeah, good points all around, but in general – This is a strong episode of Seinfeld, and that made me happy because I had some issues with the last couple. And so I was feeling down, and I I felt really good to end at least this three-part little, you know— uh, record session on a high note. I know, and I'm looking back on on like my ratings, and the last time something got above a three, so the last time I got a four point five was episode eight, which I don't know right. offhand what that was, but uh, it was uh, f- five uh, about well. It was like, yeah, it was a while ago. So it was, it was over. Oh, that that was the betrayal. That go. was the reverse episode. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's been a while. It's been three, three, two point five, two point five, and then yeah, we were maybe with episode fifteen right now. We're coming out of that mid mid season slump. You know. 
That's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping for. Yep, yep. I agree with that. I th- think we're going to have some good stuff, I think, to come. Like, I don't – I am very, very curious. I've had some a couple episodes that I have ranked a little bit higher than you. But, yeah, overall, you're right. We are in the middle of a slump without a question. I, I'm curious. I'm so, I'm not gonna lie. I'm so fucking curious about the Frogger because I remember the Frogger being such a big thing. Um, I'm really curious about the finale and Puerto Rican Rican Day. Day, Is Puerto Rican Day that bad? You know, as people, everybody, everybody else says, er, there says, because, um, we talked about how the other character that everybody hates is um, God. I, I keep calling him Raul, but that's not. Is right. it Cedric and or? No, no, no. I hate I hate oh. Bob and Cedric. I I fucking hate them. It's it's that other guy. It's the pool the pool boy. Um. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I know I know. I know you're talking starts, about. It starts with an R. I'm dead certain. Yeah, it was I'm sorry. Two, yeah, it was two I, two episodes two seasons ago. I yes. know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was Raul. Wasn't it Raul the pool boy? No, it doesn't. Sound it right. might be Raul. Yeah, but like I, I didn't hate. We neither of us no. hated him as much as everybody else did. Yeah, no. Uh, that we've seen through like comments and other shit. But the Puerto Rican Day is almost, almost universally known as one of the least favorite episodes, other than the finale. And so I, I I'm so curious, Ramon. Ramon, thank it, you. It was an R. Ramon. It was an R name. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was an R name. So yeah, yeah. So yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, you know what? You get so much Seinfeld, and you get so much whiskey. You kind of blur things together. It all gets blurred together. <laughs> so you know what? Thank you all so much for listening to us on the free feed. We appreciate and love each and every one of you. Um, if you have not gotten a chance to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that is a free and easy way to help out the show, help us out, help us get more listeners uh, in front of the show, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but If you want to take it a step further, consider checking out our Patreon. You get every episode of Cartwright for just $1. Each one of them are ad-free, so you don't have to listen to any of the ads that are inserted in or anything like that. And uh, Adam and I are also tackling Curb Your Enthusiasm, too. So, Adam, we're having a blast with that, my friend. And uh, can't wait wait for our next recording session for Curb. I know. We have got that in, in quite a little bit. But it's a lot of fun. And I think... We actually have some of the best curb to come. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. So check that out. Check out everything on the BFOP Network, also lovingly referred to as... BFOPnetwork.com. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> BFOP. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So go check out all the shows over there. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on the Patreon feed with... The Burning. Which is funny because uh, uh, Jason Alexander was in a movie called The Burning from the early 80s, and uh, he's actually really good looking in it. So uh, go check that out. What? I, no, 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 no. There's no way. I'm kind of curious because I don't remember this episode at all just from the name. Kind of like me with uh, the strong box. So it's yeah, very I, interesting. I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> very curious. 